Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. Ben? What's that, Adam? The unthinkable happened to me recently. Really? The day that we had always hoped and also feared occurred while I was out in public. I was in the public sphere. Uh Uh-huh. I was out with a buddy, our buddy Phil, having a... Having an afternoon coffee, having a freelancer's coffee, as you do. Sure. Uh-huh. And hey, I don't have anywhere to be right now, so I'm here with you. Having a uh, booked as meeting on my calendar. <laughs> 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 We're sitting down in the coffee shop in a corner, and uh, one of the employees at the coffee shop comes up and he's like, Hey, man, love your show. What? Download it every Monday and Wednesday at midnight, like on the button. It's my favorite show ever. Thanks, thanks, dude. Thanks wow. for thanks for making it. And cool. I was confused <laughs> and delighted. Oh man, it was so That's great. Really fun. You want that to happen in front of someone though, too. Like I'm so glad Phil was there because sure. no one would have believed me. I feel here's here's how I feel about this. I feel like you want it to happen in front of someone not your wife, right? Because because if it's your wife, it's it's just going to cause friction. There's a million different ways it could cause friction. Yeah, but if it's but if it's just a friend, it's like, hey, can you believe that this just happened? And your friend can just be happy for you. Oh yeah. Well, and in my case, just takes the piss out of you entirely. Like as soon as he was out of earshot, Phil was like, "What the fuck, really?" <laughs> Which made it even more delicious. It was so cool. That's probably happened to Phil, right? I mean, he's a touring musician. He is, but I think I think it's different for him because, like, music is a viable way to be known. Uh huh. And and what we do is not. And there was no way for him to know who I was. Like, <laughs> did he look at my yeah, ha- dumb face? Was he at the Seattle show? I, did he hear my? Did he voice? hear your voice? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird, dude. It was weird. Is there was there a shot of him looking in from the uh, from the employee break room through the little uh, porthole in the door, holding up uh, his copy of uh, our tour poster, looking at the illustrated version of your face, then looking back to you, <laughs> then back to the illustration, then back to you. Like all you can see because of where the window is cut is just like his shoulder doing like shoulder rolls, <laughs> holding the poster. <laughs> uh cool did you get the guy's name uh i did i i don't know whether he wants to be shouted out or not he reached out on twitter later and that would be and very he embarrassing like, he was like hey uh great to meet you at the coffee shop next time coffee's on me which is also great free coffee next great. time yeah big ups you can save two three maybe even four dollars i know yeah man i i recommend it i hope it happens to you I can't wait to hear your scene out in the wild story. The Star Trek podcasters, they're just like us column. <laughs> I'm ready to see your part of that. I got to say, I'm a little surprised it was you first. Me too. Just because of the kind of town I live in where, you know, 
there's people walking around everywhere. And also the fact that I don't get out much. <laughs> yeah, you're a basement dweller. Yeah. Well, uh, shall we transition uh, smoothly into this episode, <laughs> Adam? As smooth as possible. It's uh, <laughs> season four, episode 16, Galaxy's Child. I don't know if they've given up Uber or if they're like diversifying. You ever see those those guys that drive around? They've got the Uber logo and the Lyft logo in their front yeah. window. Yeah, it's so, just a little flip sign. Yeah, so the Enterprise is going to do some DoorDash. They're uh, picking up some medical supplies and taking them somewhere. And I guess like part of the uh, part of the convenience of this trip is that uh, certain someone is going to catch a ride on the ship. She's going to, uh, what do they call that when like pilots, like, what are they, they're like dead, dead dropping or whatever? Well, it's dead heading to, dead heading. to take an empty plane from one place to another. So, oh. but yeah, like, uh, Leah Brahms has got her, her calzone out <laughs> looking for a ride. Yeah. And it's, it's funny as hell when... Picard breaks the news Wait, to Jordy. Are you saying she's like she's like she was hitchhiking by the side of the space road, and she's like, I better undo this calzone and let my yeah. hair down so that so that people will think I'm sexy. I didn't paint a detailed enough picture of what I was talking about, and I'm glad you went back in behind me and shaded that in. I just I just wanted to make sure that I was understanding what you were saying, Adam. I think we're on the same page here. Did she did she do uh, like Pee Wee and put on a a rubber thumb enlargener. She lets her crust out a little bit in this episode. I'll tell you what. Uh, the the hair is not so calzone-like this episode. It's a little less severe. Yeah. Which sort of runs counter to her manner, which we'll get into a little later. But mm -hmm. Picard calls Jordy into his ready room, and he's like, Hey, buddy. Someone is coming on board just to see the engine modifications you've made. Who, Captain? The senior design engineer at the theoretical propulsion group, Dr. Leah Brahms. So, clear your schedule. And he yeah. sort of says it with a smirk. Like, Picard knew how fucked up Geordi was in in making that whole simulation. Yeah, because Picard saw it, He scolded right? him. Yeah, he scolded him about it. Leah is coming here. <laughs> Whew, well, this is terrific. It is. And it's a little bit of a retroactive continuity situation because Picard is like, huh, you seem to be really excited about her coming on board. And Georgie's like, yeah, well, I um, <laughs> uh, read a lot of her work, <laughs> you know, and he's like, try he's trying to play it off like he didn't uh, have holosex with Leah Brahms. Uh which we have to assume he probably did. Yeah. It's awkward when everyone in the room knows the truth about something, but they're not saying it. And that's that's what this meeting is like. Yeah. So Jordy uh, is like, he's in a celebratory mood, wanders down to 10 forward and starts tilting them back. And <laughs> Guinan, uh, Guinan is like, uh, <laughs> this, is, this is fucked up, dude. And and she's like pretty friendly about it, but she does a pretty classic Guinan move, which is, I think I think she can she can see where this is heading, 
and for her own amusement does not do anything to persuade Jordy to delete his browser history so that right. this can this can come off without a hitch. She's like, let's, uh, let's see how this unfolds. This is going to be fun. The lesson that she knows Jordy will learn is more valuable than her attempt to stop a train wreck from happening that she knows will happen because she exists out of time. Right, yeah. Guinan is uh Guinan's in this one for the lulls. When someone uh only knows someone through a picture or a or an idea of what that person could be, this seems like a very modern dating uh booby trap to fall into. Mm-hmm. Like Jordy Jordy knows his version of a girl that he's never met and he has made her into something that no one could possibly be. <laughs> and Guinan's advice to him is like Dude, like you don't know her. You yeah. know a you know a version of her that you made up. So maybe you should quit with the projection and like go into it with some fresh eyes. Yeah. And like everyone else on the crew, Jordy doesn't listen to Guinan's advice even though Guinan's advice should be the only advice anyone takes. Let's let's uh, establish a little bit what what the deal is with this Leah Brahms character that exists on the holodeck because I think we sort of cleared Jordy's name a little bit in the last episode that this comes up in in booby trap uh, the the computer sort of without asking creates this character and it's it's definitely like one of the weirder things the computer has done but it's not like Jordy went in there and said make me a fuck kitten and Make her smart as hell about the same thing I'm smart about, and uh, we'll solve a problem and then get off on it. Um, whatever the whatever the metadata is that allows someone to be creeped out by someone else, dial that back all the way. Right, like Jordy, dial that back to zero. Jordy didn't do the bad thing, and when he gets scolded by it, it's super unfair. You know, yeah. Everybody on the ship has done something similar or worse. This current episode, Galaxy's Child goes a long way to undo all of that name clearing we did in the last episode. Oh, I think rightly all that shit comes back home to roost on him, like right on him. So Jordy then with a belly full of beer, as he always does when uh, (laughs) it's time to... uh, it's time to go to work. He uh, heads down to the transporter room, and uh, I, th- I think Jordy may now be even more of an alcoholic than Pulaski. Like he is always heading off to do some sensitive shit after having spent a little time on ten forward. Yeah, I hadn't put that together, but I think his problem drinking is is coming to a head here, especially starting to be a bit of a pattern. And uh, he ends up in the transporter room, and she beams up, and he's, like, already, you know, way too casual and way too lovey-dovey. He, like, he almost calls her, like, boo. It's so <laughs> lovey-dovey. And she's, like, uh, the opposite of what he's expecting. She uh, she basically dumps a bucket of cold water on his head. She's well, a, uh, she's, she's, she's just a professional. Like, yeah. And and compared to Jordy's familiarity, well, she's she's it, a combative professional. Like she's yeah. she doesn't like the way he runs the show. It's because she doesn't like what he's done to her ship. Like it's she's very possessive about uh, the ship and the way it's engineered. And to her, Jordy has fucked all that up. 
Yeah. And she just asks questions about that. And her questions seem sort of hostile to a person who is in love with you. Yeah. The, uh, so, so they, uh, they get the, uh, they get the party started. It's a lot of like Jordy touring her around the ship and her going like, why did you put the dilithium crystals this way? Why is the deuterium manifold plugged into the plasma injector? That doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of like fun, you know, bullshit shop talk (laughs) that they, they get to go through. Um, but, uh, the 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 basics of it are that you know Jordy is is like expecting the woman of his dreams and she is there to you know she's there on like a on like a bunk inspection inspection like a like a drill instructor you know she's running her finger along the underside of every surface trying to detect dust trying to make sure that there's you know good hospital corners on all the bunks making sure everybody's uh you know button placket lines up with the fly of their pants, all that shit. And along the way, Jordy is just driving into every conversational pothole he can by going like, uh, ac- he'll accidentally say like, well, you and me actually came up with this solution in the holla. I mean, uh, <laughs> I came up with this solution alone, completely without a weird sex doll version of you in the holodeck. <laughs> and he does that like a handful of times, like slipping up. And this puts Brahms onto the scent that, like, his cozy familiarity might have a little bit of something sinister behind it. Like, she she feels a little threatened, and this especially comes to a head when Jordy's like, look, maybe we should just, like, start over a little bit. Like, I feel like you feel like I'm stepping all over your ship, and... <laughs> And I want you to know that that all of these design improvements I've made on the ship should not be a threat to you. Like, let's just talk it over over a nice dinner. It'll be great. So come over. Yeah. And and it's at that dinner that Brahms is like, uh, I only want a professional relationship with you. Uh, this dinner might have been a mistake. Uh, I'm married. Is this the <laughs> is this the scene where she also says that? I think that. I think. Th- that that comes a little later maybe when they're like crawling around in the jeffrey's tube but before we get too far into the a storyline i want to talk about the fact that the b storyline in this episode is the existential crisis to the ship just a a fun like inversion you know (laughs) like usually usually there's an a storyline which is like we're caught in a rift and you know like like the last uh episode that the leo brahms character was in was was a very similar premise where the ship is caught in this in this existential crisis and there's a B storyline of Jordy getting to know this girl of his dreams character and they work together to solve the problem. This one is all about Jordy like dealing with this unexpected reality of who Leah Roms really is. While the ship in the background is in big fucking trouble, yeah. like there are long swaths of him and her just arguing or bickering about something in engineering, and then they'll cut up to the bridge, and Data will be like, "Hey, there's like a weird animal or something in orbit <laughs> of that planet. Should we go check it out? Oh, weird! It's shooting radiation at us. Oh, we should uh, shoot this animal and uh, see if that makes it stop. 
oh, we killed it. There are all these little teeny tiny story beats about this uh, like thing that is the title of the episode, but it's not the A storyline by any means. Yeah, it really diminishes the stakes in a weird way by, by flip-flopping those. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great, though, right? Like, it's like Jordy, Jordy in the last Leah Brahms episode has the fate of the ship on his shoulders. And in this one, it's just like, let's let's like see what like how tough it is to be Jordy when you're like <laughs> as bad at girls as he is. And uh, and, you know, let's throw in an existential crisis while we're at it just to keep things zesty. So zesty. My love is a Speaking of zest, they're in the middle of ferrying Leo Brahms across the galaxy when they pick up this uh, this signal out there from a space pot pie. They're like, <laughs> like I think there's a life form that's uh, that's orbiting this planet. Let's go check it out. And everyone is super excited. They they pull up alongside it and they're like, oh shit, this thing is alive. The yeah, card and- even says like, can you imagine like living in space? Space is your playground. Like, you just live, breathe, and eat the universe. Doesn't that sound great? Like, there's a <laughs> moment of pause where yeah. they they take in just the the magic of what it must be like to be this space pot pie. And uh, the moment passes almost immediately when this thing attacks the ship. What transpires as they kind of work everything out is that uh, the sh- the space creature attacks them because... It was pregnant, and they do like a space phaser cesarean section to free the unborn infant from the inside of it. Um, After the Enterprise kills it, right? Mind you, yeah, they uh, they have to defend themselves, and you know Picard has this real bad dark night of the soul because he's so horrified at what they've done in in defending themselves. We're out here to explore. And yet, look at what we have just done. Like, we met this one and just shot the hell out of it. That was weak. <laughs> Not a good first contact this time, you guys. <laughs> Not yeah, we, good. We keep bungling this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Riker did better last week. <laughs> I would say that... Uh, we're we're kind of jumping around. I guess it doesn't really matter. This is kind of a formless episode in many ways, but uh, the basics of the of the B storyline are this this infant comes out of the comes out of the alien and like glues itself to the side of the ship, and it's like sucking energy out of the ship, and they've only got so much time to figure out how to get it off uh, before you know the ship is compromised and everybody dies i always thought shuttle bay 2 would be the nipple of the enterprise (laughs) (laughs) and that's where this thing is glued itself on Mm -hmm. yeah i guess it's it's kind of like on the on the back there and uh, there's a real fun scene where they attempt to just blow it off by depressurizing the shuttle bay and you actually get to see the like the giant fin of the creature from inside the shuttle bay as Jordy uh, works that project. Yeah, it just kind of flaps around in the breeze. Yeah, fun stuff. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah, so so at some point, Jordy and Leah are crawling around in the Jeffries tubes, and 
she uh she starts to kind of like her 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 icy exterior starts to melt and they start to kind of she starts to see the the genius in some of the modifications Jordy has made to the ship um previously she's been really irritated by them and she's like this is actually pretty smart like you should write a paper like this is pretty pretty cool stuff you're not so bad and he's like you're not so bad yourself and leans in for a smooch and uh and that's when she drops the married bomb on him which uh I was talking to my wife about this uh, recently. We we saw that happen and that trope happen in some other television show we were watching. And I was like, I don't think I've ever had the situation where somebody didn't get the idea that I was married since I've been married. Like, how did how does I've she... never gotten the impression that anyone was interested in me, <laughs> first well, of all. That's part of it. But I also just feel like like all my stories involve my wife so like right it's never gonna not come up like you're gonna know that i'm married within 10 minutes of meeting me and i uh, didn't uh i didn't peep a ring i wasn't looking though either was she, well, who, did, was she wearing a space ring who knows what the customs are i mean i have a ring i don't wear it all the time that doesn't that doesn't uh mean any more or less that you're not gonna know about the fact that i'm married though yeah, that's true. I just don't know how it works, you know? Like, she doesn't mention it, but then she's also not, like, not into the polyamory thing. Like, what's the deal, Leah? Are you obligated to drop that into casual conversation when you spend enough time with someone? I think it's the polite thing to do. All right. I I guess I... Uh, I don't like being in a social situation where... That where I feel like I have to do something like that, <laughs> like there where there would be a rule of that kind, like oh I better drop this in, otherwise people will get the wrong idea. Like there's I, a, I feel you. I just I it's not. I don't think it's a general rule. I think it's a personal rule. But I also think that like if you're, if if you're hanging out with a guy who put on his nicest Kuji sweater and invited you over <laughs> fu- for Fungili, like yeah. you should fucking. Drop that in early and often so that the yeah you gotta do that clear. before dinner yeah and this is not uh, this is not Leah Brahms blaming here mind <laughs> you like I don't I don't fault her actions for what is very clearly a Jordy centric problem yeah I think that's fair I think it's it's more just there are some things about the way this episode is the way this episode is written, that are weird. Right. It is a guiding principle of a stop being face. If you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. I think that the centerpiece of the entire episode has got to be the scene where she, like, goes into Holodeck 3 and runs the simulation that Jordy created to get them out of the booby trap episode. And uh, it's probably the the premise for which the episode exists, right? Like, they probably had the idea for this scene and wrote outward in either direction. Um, the scene right before it where she's, like, looking through some old, some old logs of, like, modifications Jordy has made to the warp engines, looking for a solution to getting this, this alien baby off of the ship. Uh, <laughs> 
there's some like ensign down in engineering. She's like, what's this here? Oh, that looks like a holodeck program. You could go check it out on holodeck three. <laughs> it's like, uh, definitely something that Jordy would have wanted to, uh, to wipe from his browser history, but she goes and finds it and he gets, catches wind that she has, has discovered this program and is in the holodeck running it and runs in and, uh, and in the holodeck is Calzone edition Leah and and uh, Babe edition Leah standing right next to each other. And uh, it's like the most goopy romantic part of the simulation playing, right? As, uh, as he comes in and, and presses pause and, uh, and they really have it out. Yeah, I believe Jordy walks in right at the moment where Calzone... Leah Brahms is like, Every time you look at this engine, you're looking at me. Every time you touch it, it's me. Computer freeze program. And what's going on here seems pretty pervy, doesn't it? Which might as well have been just like a gaping real doll simulation. Like, yeah. a, like an emotional real doll moment is what mm-hmm. she wanders into. It's horrifying. How can Jordy... How can Jordy have not deleted this program from the ship's computers before she beams on? I would have excised the holodeck itself, <laughs> jettisoned it from the ship, and then shot torpedoes at it versus <laughs> risking the idea that somehow she could wander into a situation like this. Yeah, that would have been the smart move. For some reason, he didn't do that. Or at least just put it on like a thumb drive so that nobody can find it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is this is emotional ground zero for Jordy right now. Like, it's so fucked. Yeah, and and she basically accuses him of creating this for his own titillation, and then you know, and then you know, poses the question like, after this, what else was there? Did you mm-hmm. <laughs> did you uh, did you put this character in other simulations? And he was like. No. When you say no like that, you really mean yes. What are you talking about? Watch, I'll show you. Mitch, uh, did you ever rob a bank? No. Did you ever climb Mount Everest? No. Did you ever say that you can see why women find Sean Connery sexy? No. What is Leah Brahm warp core simulation version two underscore final, (laughs) Jordy? Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's 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 quite a scene. Jordy goes, Jordy goes full MRA at the end of this, right? He does, and like they they weave Jordy's seduction community philosophy like throughout this episode, and really within Booby Trap too, because they make it seem like he's somehow deserving of her affection. Right. Just by virtue of his interest. like His whole tack is like, oh, how dare I have a romantic interest in you? Fucking sue me for having biology. You know, and it's like, it's Yeah, it's it, totally so gross. Paint, it totally paints over the fucking creepy shit that he's done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the worst part, and this is like the most nonlinear episode we've ever recorded, <laughs> like as far as how we retell the story. But they fucking forgive him at the end. Like, they pay it off. Yeah. It's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-N. 
Yeah. Everything after this scene makes zero sense. I mean, she is falling over herself to forgive him and apologize for how she reacted to discovering that he had, like, photoshopped her head onto a naked lady on his computer. Yeah. Uh, It's like, you know, like... This is not the utopian future that I imagine, (laughs) because in any future I could conceive of, Leah Brahms marches down to Federation HR Mm -hmm. and, and gets Jordy dragged into a prolonged uh, career-threatening situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, you would think this this would be in the news, you know, like like lead lead warp propulsion specialist in the Federation sexually harassed by chief engineer of flagship. Like, that's a fucking headline that is going to move some newspapers. Yeah. And uh, instead, it's like, it's very, like, simply solved by... And 100% of the blame for the awkwardness of this situation falling on her, her falling all over herself to apologize and and uh, and prop Jordy back up. And then they just get to work on solving the, the problem that the ship is in. And it's like they're back to old tricks. Like they work just as well together as uh, the simulated Leah did with Jordy in the first episode she appeared in. And that is that is supposedly... That's when they turn the corner on the friendship. Like like many workplace relationships that begin rocky, like the successful completion of a project can often repair those professional relationships. But I'm not sure there's any version of professional victory that can forgive sex doll in the holodeck. <laughs> and that's what we're made to believe. Yeah, LaForge and Brahms, real quickly, like LaForge and uh, and Leah Brahms, like they they solve the problem of the pot pie stuck to the Enterprise by souring the milk. The this baby has been sucking off the energy of the Enterprise, and that's what puts them in this existential uh, danger. Because once they run out of power, they're going to run out of uh, air to breathe, and then it's going to be ashes. Yeah. So, so they sour the milk. They drive the baby into a uh, into an asteroid field full of this baby's ancestors or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, other creatures like it. Yeah, they sour it up. The baby flies off with the uh, with an aunt and an uncle pot pie, I imagine, <laughs> and they go off and continue the Uber trip for Leah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the last scene is LaForge and. Leah like chilling in the in the like cozy corner of Ten Forward, having having another drink and uh, talking about the relationship that only could have been if she hadn't been married, and uh, they're basically like inches from smooching when she's saved by the bell and her husband calls. Right. Personally, I do not find a real doll to be a deal breaker (laughs) in a personal or professional relationship. Jordy, you can keep your real doll. Leah will keep her real husband. Everybody (laughs) can be happy. I don't see the problem here. This is a scene that totally kneecaps the rest of the episode. Like, it takes me out of it completely. Jordy does the unforgivable and is forgiven. I wish that the camera had just, like, instead of, like, fading out on this scene... I wish that the camera had just panned over and had Guinan back behind the bar with her hands up like, what the fuck just happened? 
what the fuck? <laughs> Leah, like, walks herself to the transporter pad and, like, big existential sigh before transporting off the ship. Like, oh, God, finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gonna take to her the longest shower after Taking this. a silkwood shower on whatever <laughs> the next ship is. <laughs> yeah. So Jordy does not learn his lesson, I guess, is the is the moral of the story. I guess not. <laughs> is this what Guinan wanted from the start? Because if so, this is sort of Guinan's fault, isn't it? I mean, I think that the episode is definitively Guinan's fault, but <laughs> but it is not what I would have expected her to engineer, given the powers she has, you know, to potentially engineer situations. I I just can't believe how this is how the show paid off Jordy's actions. Yeah. I'm just blown away by it. Did you like this episode, Ben? <laughs> uh, there's things I like about it. I mean, there's some cool things in it. I think that the the alien, the the big giant alien, I, it's the first time I can think of that a complicated CG character is used on the show. And it doesn't look great, but it looks pretty cool. I'm kind of curious. I kind of want to like fire up the uh, the SD like pre HD mm. remaster version just to see what that looked like uh, for for the original airing. Because um, there's no way that didn't look garbagey. They must have had to re-render it in HD, and and I can't imagine they like had the scene files from whatever you know CG they did originally. It looked fairly good. Yeah. Uh, I Do love... you think they went back around uh, for the dead body and they towed it to a starbase? <laughs> like after they dropped off the baby? Well, yeah, that's the other thing is they had these like medical supplies, which, you know, yeah. you would think would be kind of an urgent thing. Like they never really like make much out of that. <laughs> no. It's, it's uh, and that's like a, that's like a story premise that's happened before. Like we have these medical supplies, they're you know only going to last so long. Seymour Castle's like riding our ass to make sure that this is going to work out, but you know some other problem arises in between here and there, and they totally get distracted from using that. There's no, there's not really any stakes other than just like figuring out how to pry this thing off the ship. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from just using escape pods and letting it you know, wear the ship out and then leave, right? Yeah, I sort of felt like if they if they send a bunk bed out there with a giant cigarette lighter, they could just <laughs> sort of like burn it off like a leech. <laughs> yeah. Like did they for one moment actually just consider killing the baby to save themselves? I don't feel like they did. No, cuz Picard's too butthurt over the fact that they killed the mommy. It's a tough choice, but it's a choice you have to make if you're Picard. Like, burn that thing off like a tick. Yeah. I kind of wish we didn't have this binary, Adam, of like or don't like. Cause yeah. The, uh, the Flophouse guys, they have a great, like, it's a good bad, a bad bad, or a movie we kind of like rating system. And uh, Haven't this we is... ripped off enough things from that show? <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, but this is, this is an episode that I, I think, like, tilts on the I don't like it uh side of the ledger but there's a lot to like and yeah. uh that's 
that's like almost the hardest kind for me because I feel so like skeeved out by the message and the plot and the writing. And yet like there's so many cool elements in it. Is this the second in a seduction community trilogy for Jordy? Like, am I not <laughs> thinking of the third? Because this is definitely part two. Uh, which one's the third? No, I, that's what I'm saying. I can't think of what the third might be, but I know how we, we like to speak in trilogies. Yeah. Well, he does bring her up at some point in an episode where like he's like they're in the future or he's back from the future or something. And he talks about his wife, Leah. So, mm. so she definitely like gets divorced and remarries Jordy at some point. Oh, Jordy. In the, uh, in the timeline, which is like further insult to injury. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if that quite rises to being a trilogy. And I don't even remember what episode that happens in. I didn't look at who wrote the episode because we don't do research, mm. but I can't imagine there was a woman in the writer's room that, that, uh, as they're breaking the story, like they get to the end and she would let that shit go. Yeah. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that they're <laughs> friends now? <laughs> the guy who is photoshopping her face onto Pamela Anderson and she's forgiving this. Yeah. I I do like the episode because it's foundational to Jordy's character and it is and it is so cringy that <laughs> that I tend to I tend to enjoy cringing at other people's mistakes in a way that I enjoy Jordy doing it here uh-huh. but <laughs> but it does walk right up to that line of of being just really bad yeah to to a woman character in a way that I just can't stand. So, well, I think that the show at this point is on balance good from episode to episode. So this is like a bad episode in a good show. Mm. Whereas mm-hmm. I think in previous seasons we've had like good episodes on a bad show. So I think that that's maybe why why we're having such a tough time with this. Yeah, that's Darmok, Angelad, Tanaga. One of the amazing things about making The Greatest Generation is getting to see all of the cool, creative stuff that the Friends of DeSoto make when we do a Code 47 episode. People send in handcrafted stuff all the time, and they send in their books, they send in paintings, they send in uh, crochet work. It's so cool. And uh, I want a few more of you to have websites to direct us to in those letters. I want you to put your beautiful work on display for the world so that when we get to look at it, we can tell people where to go to get a look at it themselves. And you don't have to know anything about building a website to build a website these days because you can use Squarespace. It'll look beautiful no matter what kind of device people are looking at it on. Hell, you can even sell stuff using a Squarespace website. Don't make your cool, creative project captain's eyes only. Head to squarespace.com slash scarves for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. 
And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Hey, Ben. What's that, Adam? Did you find yourself a drunk Shimoda? Drunk Shimoda! I did. Drunk Shimoda is the award we give to the character whose funny action was most memorable in a given episode. And uh, for this episode, I've decided to award my Drunk Shimoda to Worf, the Klingon security chief. Uh, there's a scene when... Uh, so they first encounter this alien and Worf is like, let's put the shields up. And Picard's like, no, no, no. Like, we're we're going to, like, see what this thing is first. And he's like, well, we don't know what it is. And Picard's like, no shields. Let's let's go in for a closer look. And then the thing starts shooting at them. And Picard is like, raise shields. And it cuts to, like, just a close-up of Worf rolling his eyes. Because <laughs> at that point, it's too late. They can't get the shields up. <laughs> Oh, it's really funny. It really uh, pays off this uh, this constant struggle that Worf is having with uh, trying to institute security policies that people shoot down. And It's uh, also consistent with his hate of children, right? <laughs> like, he wants Troy to abort her space baby. Yeah. He wants to shoot the space baby in this episode. Yep. He's against space babies, Ben. He's against it. Uh, did you have a Shimoda? Uh, for me, it... I'm giving my Shimoda to Leah Brahms for not going to Federation HR <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Like there are, there are several scenes in this episode that she could have walked right into HR and gone, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, 
this guy this guy is inviting me over for uh Kuji dinners <laughs> he's making holodeck real dolls of me that seems like a fireable offense by the way yeah that's a that's like they don't even have to take it past the review board you can just be instantly fired for something like that it made me wonder like is she covering for him because he's got some shit on her in the engineer community like <laughs> like uh Maybe there's a chemtrail thing going on with these starships, <laughs> and uh, and Jordy's involved, and he doesn't want to blow the lid off the whole thing. Shit. So uh, maybe they're covering for each other. Like she's forgiving his his myriad character flaws, while he covers for her. Damn. And also, there's no way Building Seven could have collapsed without. I don't know. I'm tired, Adam. <laughs> you doing okay? Uh, uh, long week, long week. Um, what do we have coming up on the next episode? The next episode of season four is episode 17, Night Terrors. Trapped in a rift in space, the crew of the Enterprise is plagued by unexplained paranoia and hallucinations. Do you remember this episode, Adam? I do. Very clearly. Really? Let me, let me give you a note that I just read. Director Les Landau blocked this episode out and prefers not to discuss it for reasons he won't elaborate. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Oh, According man. to Les Landau, this episode does not exist. Wow. That is remarkable. I, uh, I think this episode's cool. Uh, you got your doctor in the morgue with a bunch of bodies that are sitting up. Yeah. You got a wharf attempting suicide. <laughs> yeah. A ton of fun things. This is a cool one. Uh, this I'm one really sticks to out to me. It. Yeah. There would not be any way to avoid watching this episode, Adam, because we have burned all our vetoes this season on previous mistakes. But uh, it doesn't sound like either of us would have vetoed it. Anyways, so uh, let's go ahead and watch. You got Troy flying around in space. Lots of fun. Yeah. Well, the other fun thing that I would encourage people to get involved with is going to maxfunstore.com and grabbing one of our two blockbusting t-shirts. We've got the West Hot American Summer shirt, which uh, commemorates the time I went to summer camp and introduced myself to everybody as Wesley. And now we have the hotly anticipated Drunk Shimoda shirt, which is a picture of Assistant Chief Engineer Jim Shimoda stacking up isolinear chips. It just says Drunk Shimoda. It doesn't even say The Greatest Generation. So you can, uh, you can just appear to be a fan of Star Trek and won't ever be confused as a fan of our show unless people are in the know. And then you can just uh, you know, give them wharf eyes and keep walking. That was some of the feedback we got on our first shirt. They were like, look, we love the design. We love the colors. Yeah. We love how soft this garment is. Yeah. We love how it doesn't shrink in the wash. But, yeah. guys, I wish it didn't have the name of your show on it. <laughs> it fills me with a deep sense of shame. Yeah. And so with our second shirt, we've decided to lose the name, keep the Shimoda. Yeah. Uh, I think that works in everyone's favor. Yeah, go get that shirt. Wonderful holiday gift. Isn't it? 
you can also help support our show by going to maximumfund.org slash donate. Uh, our show is supported largely by the kind contributions of our viewers. And uh, if you'd like to become a monthly donor, that's the way you do it. Uh, thanks to Dark Materia for our theme music and our beloved Adam Ragusia for our Priority One music. You should follow us on Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag GreatestGen to talk about the show. Adam is at Cut for Time. I am at Benjamin R A H R. We're also on Reddit, GreatestGen.reddit.com, and Facebook, Facebook.com/slash The Greatest Generation. I believe. That's not about yeah, that right. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you can't get into too much trouble if you just go there anyway. Yeah. Uh, sign up for our mailing list, gach.biz slash mail. And with that, we will be back at you next week with another great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation and a sleepy episode of The Greatest Generation. Might be able to call this episode sleepy, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Come